Have you made an honest review? Jump onto fifthwrist.com and read real takes by real owners about their watches. And of course, get involved and write about what's on your wrist. Fifthwrist.com is your independent space to talk watches. Welcome everybody to the Defining Time show on Fifth Wrist Radio. Now Fifth Wrist is all about brutally honest watch reviews for the community and it's been set up by enthusiasts and for enthusiasts. So please like and subscribe to the podcast because it all helps. Um, Head over to Fifth Wrist on Instagram, check out some of the reviews that people have done. Maybe they've done a review on a watch that you own. Um, And if you want to, do do a review on one of your own watches as well. Um, It is it is fun. It's interesting and it's quite cool. Today, I actually um, there'll be a review of my tag, which was my first real um, watch, so to speak, mechanical timepiece. And um, it, it's interesting. I haven't worn that watch for quite some time. And doing the review today and and wearing it for a little while, it's made me sort of rekindle that love and go back to that piece. So if you've got a watch that you've not worn for a while, maybe do a review on it and see if it can uh, bring back some of. Uh, the love you had when you first got it. So my name's Anthony, and I'm joined by my co-host, Vinny. How are you going, Vinny? Very well, mate. Super energetic intro. Absolutely love it. Oh, um, yes. Makes me so excited for our episode today. So yeah, yeah. Um, very well. Going to be fun. Going to be fun. Um, so without further ado, we have a, a wonderful special guest today um, joining us, who is a um, an independent lover. Uh, we share some some love for a, a specific independent, which we'll get into later. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce the Horoptimist. How are you going? Hi. Uh, good evening, Anthony and Vinny. Yeah. Good to be here. Hi. Thanks for Thank inviting you. me. Thank you. No, thanks for coming on. And we appreciate you giving us your time. And it's, um, you know, just looking at your Instagram account. Um, so for those playing along at home, look up Horoptimist. Um, it's spelt as you say it, so I'm sure you'll find it. Um, and, uh, you know, you can have a look at some fantastic independence. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about independence and, and what it's uh, what it's like to meet them in person because uh, the Heroptimist has met quite a lot of them. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about a little bit about collecting philosophies and just independence in general and just have a, an all-round good chat about, uh, about watches and journeys and things like that. So it should be fun. But before we do that, uh, we'll do some wrist checks. Um, we're going to do drink checks, but we decided today that none of us are drinking because if I had a scotch right now, uh, I'd probably fall asleep and Vinny thought the same. So uh, I'll just say I've got a, a very manly... Uh, in. A manly Coke Zero, as uh, Petit Secondes would say. So, yeah, we'll just move on from the drinks. <laughs> um, but uh, why don't we start with our special guest? What are you wearing on your wrist today? Uh, I have uh, today uh, the Habring, the Perpetual Calendar, the Double Chrono. So, uh, so this is the watch that they came out with last year to celebrate their 15th anniversary. Beautiful, beautiful watch. Beautiful salmon dial. Yeah, salmon um, dial, and correct. it was your, it was your first Instagram post as well, I believe. Yes, correct. Uh, when I uh, posted it, when I created the account, uh, that's the yep. uh, first uh, post that I, I had. Correct. Beautiful, 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 beautiful watch. Um, you know, just to have a, a perpetual calendar with a, a split second chronograph. There's not too many brands out there that can do that, and especially 
um, a very small independent to be able to pull that off. I mean, what comes to mind is Langer, um, Patek. Who else has done a perpetual split second? I, I don't know. That, mm. Does IWC have one or possibly? Possibly, maybe from the the mid nineties, but I'm not sure. But I think that goes to show, like it's it's a it's a rare, rare combination of complications there. So very impressive. Cool. Thank you, Vinny. What about you? Well, uh, it's pretty hard to follow that up. It's that's an amazing <laughs> watch. Um, but I have I'm still halfway through my sort of value oriented detox. I've got the Orient Kamasu on the wrist still. Um, yeah, decided nice. to go a few weeks. Just to, just to go back there. to back to basics and yeah, just enjoy the enjoy the lower end. Cool. You said value oriented. Yeah, orient. it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Va- um, orient squared. There you go. Orient squared. Oh, it's a bit like no, no. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Now um, I've started. Oh no. I'm getting yeah, sucked no. in here. <laughs> very good, very good. And uh, in the in the spirit of tonight's show, I, I could only have worn one watch, which is my Deadbeat Seconds Habring TZ21, um, which has a couple of editions uh, that have followed this watch now. And while the the bra- uh, not brass, the bronze one is is very nice, and the new one with the the rose gold in the um, hour track. It's quite nice, but I think the, the classicness of this, the silver dial is just stunning. I think Habring do a fantastic job. So that's the wrist checks done. Let's uh, let's get into it and, and get to know the Heroptimist. And it's really interesting, and I hope we can talk about it later, that um, your first Instagram post was only on March the 1st this year. So That's right. Um, you know, I guess you know, keen to to get to to know you a little bit better, but but and we'll, we'll talk about Instagram a bit later. But how did you get into to watches just in general? How did it all happen? Uh, seriously, I think this was around eight years ago, two thousand twelve. Um, uh, before that, uh, I was wearing a Rolex Submariner for like a long, long time, like more than fifteen years. Every day, just wore the same watch, and wow. uh, I was wow. quite happy with that. And then uh, at that time, I had a couple of friends who were into collecting watches. And, um, and uh, the watches that they were collecting were becoming more and more expensive uh, each time I see them. So, and at that time, I was thinking, you know, how, how, how come people would spend so much money on uh, these things? You know, and I don't think I'll ever do that. That's what I was thinking at that time. Of course, uh, fast forward to 2012. Uh, started uh, developing a greater interest. And um, in the beginning, it was mainly uh, the mainstream brands for me. Uh, and uh, yeah, the 80s, uh, I have IWC Hublot, I have, uh, aside from Rolex, right? And um, I still have all of them, uh, but um, I, don't get to wear, I don't get to wear them so much anymore uh, because my interest uh, has uh, evolved. I, I realized that, uh, you know, as time goes by, the tastes or the preferences of a collector uh, tend to evolve. evolve and uh, Yeah. So if you think back to 15 years while you were wearing the Submariner, what was it about the Sub that, that made you interested back in, what would that be? Maybe the late 90s, I guess. 
Uh, actually, the, when I bought the Submariner, it was not a brand new watch. It was a pre-owned watch. Uh, it was uh, okay. owned by my friend, but uh, slightly used. And uh, he offered a good deal for that. And uh, I decided to take it. Uh, I, I think at that time, uh, being much younger, I felt less guilty uh, splurging on a watch. So it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to get a pre-owned watch. And uh, it was a very good one, I must say. And uh, yeah. even today, I still uh, uh, sometimes wear that. And uh, I, I like Rolex. Uh, they make uh, very good watches. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Vinny and I are the same. We, we, we love Rolexes, but we, we love other things as well. But there's no denying the quality, the accuracy, and, you know, just the, build, the overall build of a Rolex is just fantastic. It really is. Yeah uncompromised in the in the industry yeah. um so cool okay um and we will just chat a little bit about your instagram page before we get into sure. independence but you only started your instagram page on the first of march Correct. um this year so um what made you do that uh, at that point in time what was it that that started it um, um well i have friends who have their own instagram accounts and they would post watches and I would communicate with some people also, uh, not only where, from where I am from, but um, I felt that uh, th there was really not a lot of opportunity for me to get to know more people with uh, similar interests. And, um, and so I decided, you know, um, since I have so many watches already anyway, might as well uh, try to uh, uh, post some of them because I really appreciate uh, the timepieces and especially independence, you know, so um, it was a good opportunity. And and I also understand that maybe for some of the pieces that I have, uh, these are not uh, the usual pieces that uh, other people would probably have, you know, because uh, the, in, in the independent brands usually would uh, only make very small quantities. And there's also a certain level of flexibility as far as customization uh, wanting to make some changes here and there. So so you can pretty much uh, create a unique piece uh, if you want to uh, when you work with independents. And I've seen a lot of uh, watch photos on Instagram uh, and uh, a lot of them very beautiful timepieces. So I thought uh, I'd like to also be able to share and at the same time try to find the community, you know, to uh, interact with so and how's that been so you're only you're only three what is, what is it where we in september now so, so it must have been so about six months six months yeah um so <laughs> how have you because this is really interesting because a lot of people you know some people have been in the watch community on instagram for you know a very long time others a couple of years but how have you found coming into it quite late in the in the process and and dealing with the community that that is global in this um hobby that we have um it's very very interesting because uh uh people live all uh, in different places uh, different time zones but uh, sharing uh, something very similar um so uh, it's a really uh, an opportunity that uh, I'm very grateful for to have done that, you know, start that account so that I can get to meet like-minded like people. Uh, and uh, I'm able to interact with uh, many. And uh, like uh, as an example, if uh, not for this, I wouldn't have met you guys. 
and uh, Roman as well. I sometimes message with him too. Uh, and also some other friends from uh, Europe or from the US. So 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 a lot of people uh, Singapore, you know. So so a lot of uh, places. Yeah, it's what I love about Instagram, I think, the most. Um, it's not about showing off or flexing or, as the kids no. say these days, no. <laughs> it's it's the community and the connection. Like, literally, you know, y- y- you're in one part of the world, I'm in another part. Um, technically, Vinny's in another part. But, you know, we've got these these cyber friends um, with like minds that, that love the same things that we can connect with and talk to. And um, it's really interesting when you've got group chats going that are multi-continental and you know some people are awake when others are sleeping and you wake up and there's been a full conversation overnight that no one from australia has talked about because we've all been asleep <laughs> um, but it's really cool it, it, it is it has really um made the watch connecting world so much smaller than what it's ever been uh, which is fantastic yeah and uh yeah and uh even for example, the recent Masena Lab uh, release, um, uh, I posted that uh, because uh, because I saw some other accounts already share that information, so I uh, decided to post it also. And th- there were a few people who actually messaged me and asking if it was still available. So so I just uh, gave them the information, the contact information, so they can contact William directly. And uh, and I think I think one or two of them they were able to get the watch, so that's I'm happy for ah, that. Awesome. Um, can I ask if you did you manage to get one? Yes, I did. I oh, I, I decided to get one as well. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So you'll have the TZ twenty one, and the what are they calling it? Lab zero two. Uh, zero. Irwin. Yes, lab zero two. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, actually, I talked about your when I saw your post. I mentioned that on the very next podcast that I recorded, um, which was cool. So let's chat about independence because obviously your um, your passion now, obviously, you know, t- your tastes have changed over time. But but what is it about independence that you you love so much? Uh, well, there's. I think uh, the the nice thing about independence, which I did not know in the beginning. Because I discovered independent watch uh, watches uh, or watchmaking, uh, I would consider it to be by accident, you know. Because um, I remember this was uh, uh, six years ago. I was uh, going on a business trip to Austria. I had to go to Austria. And then uh, a month before that, I was thinking, since I'm going to be spending a weekend there, I don't want to be doing what everybody else is doing, you know, doing the regular traditional sightseeing. And at that time, my interest mainly was on uh, mainstream watches, like mainstream brands, right? So I, I checked. Uh, so I think I googled uh, Austrian watch brand, something like that. And then uh, Habring came up uh, in the search. And then uh, I messaged them. I emailed them. And Maria replied right away. And then I said, you know, I'm going to be there in Austria. I was thinking of visiting. I'm thinking, can I visit you? Can I learn more about... Uh, your company, the watches that you make. And then uh, we agreed on, the, agreed on a date. And it was on a Sunday. They agreed to meet me on a Sunday. So uh, so they uh, picked me up from the airport. Uh, and then we had lunch. So we were chatting. And then we went to the atelier uh, in the afternoon. I spent the whole afternoon there. And then after that, 
I went back home. I went back to, I flew back to Vienna. So they brought me to the airport. Um, so, so that was the first time I heard about independent uh, watchmaking. And uh, obviously, uh, based on my, my, the watches that I own now, uh, I had a really good experience uh, with uh, Maria and Richard. And um, uh, I, I remember before I went there, I, um, uh, I have two friends who were going to buy Habring watches. And uh, at that time, I did not even decide to buy one yet. But since uh, they knew that I was going, uh, they asked me to pick up their watches for them. So, um, so when I was there chatting with them, uh, I saw the Jumping Seconds pilot, the, the one that uh, won the GPHG award, uh, I think uh, just uh, right before that, before my visit. And um, uh, I decided to get one for myself as well. So I brought home with me three watches during that first visit. And, um, wow. and, the, nice, and the nice thing about that visit is uh, you get to interact with uh, people whose name is on the dial, right? And it's very, very different. I'm not saying uh, it's better than buying from a retail store, but it's really different uh, talking to someone who, who, who are behind the watches, people who are behind the watches, and uh, talking about things, uh, about matters uh, about uh, concerning the watch industry, uh, and and I remember the when we got to the workshop, uh, I think during the first 10, 10 minutes of our conversation, Richard mentions two other names. And I remember this very clearly because uh, at, at that time, I did not even know who they were. You know, he mentions two other independents. So I'll tell you. The first one was uh, Sarpaneva. He mentioned Sarpaneva. And then I, so, so Sarpaneva's name is easy to remember. So I made a mental note, you know. So I have to remember Sarpaneva. So I wrote it down. And then he mentioned also, uh, Richard also mentioned Kari Butilainen. So I think uh, he was uh, sharing about uh, different types of uh, watchmaking, different watchmakers, independent watchmakers, you know. So so he mentioned these two that I remember very clearly. And um, yeah, so so after that, uh, so during that visit, I um, decided also to get... Uh, to ask them to, to commission them to uh, to do our wedding anniversary watch, uh, for, which was going to be the year uh, after that, 2015. And at that time, I knew that uh, I was going back to Europe uh, the following year. So I said, you know, I can just pass by again next time and get it. But but the next time I went there, um, uh, I, I bought one also for my sister who, who saw my watch and he... She also wanted to have one. And then my brother-in-law also wanted one. And then I bought the his and hers. And then before that second visit, uh, I was emailing with Maria. I saw the someone was selling a, a Habring uh, watch with a copper dial, like a salmon dial. And then I said, I, I, I would like to have something like that. And then I chose, and then I ordered a Fodriant uh, with this uh, salmon dial. And then at the, at the same time, I decided uh, I don't have a tourbillon yet. So I also ordered one. So, so, so it's on my Instagram post, uh, one of the posts, early posts that I made. Um, that second trip, I picked up six watches from them because uh, one for my, <laughs> one for, you know, for, you know, for family also, not only for, for myself you know, or for my wife. 
know. There so must be I'll... a six pack buy in bulk discount or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, but to be fair, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's an incredible experience and introduction to independent watchmaking. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. lucky enough if my parents pick me up from the airport, let alone my potential, <laughs> potential customer. So, and, yeah, and, that's, and a, that's a fantastic way to, to get into it. Sorry. Uh, well, you know, Marie and Richard, they're very, very down to earth people. And, um, and uh, they picked me up from the airport. And then later, I think someone told me, I don't know who told me. Later, I found out that uh, they actually rented a car that day to pick me up because uh, the car that, uh, that they are using uh, is uh, not big enough. Because I think they're using, uh, they normally use a smart car to go around from my understanding. So, 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 so that small car can only fit two people, right? So, so, um, so, so it was an overall nice experience. I learned a little bit about uh, Richard and Maria, uh, his years working working at IWC, you know, and um, and uh, the watches, you know. So, so it was a it was really the reason why I got into independent watch watchmaking uh, because of the good experience I, I had with them. And uh, if you look at my Instagram feed. I have uh, ordered other watches from them since that time, but uh, and uh, it was not really planned, but it it sort of grew organically because uh, I kept in touch with them, and then if I see something that I like, you know, I would discuss it with them, and uh, and then of course I told a lot of friends about about them as well, and some of them have also directly communicated with them afterwards. And, uh, of course, this led me to other things uh, because uh, on that same trip, the second time I visited them, I also met on that same trip uh, with Peter Roberts. Uh, he's, a, he's a British watchmaker who made this uh, concentric uh, watch. And uh, there's uh, someone from Australia who has that also. Uh, we have the same watch, uh, Crunchy Latte, I think. Ah, yes. Fermin. yes. Yeah, he has that watch also. We have the same watch, uh, Peter Roberts watch. So I met them in London. Uh, I um, had lunch with them when I picked up the watch. So, so it was also. And so that 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 watch is a is a an annual calendar chronograph. Is that right? It's annual a, calendar chronograph with a yeah. Yeah, this is a Peter's a uh, project uh, uh, when he was a twenty year old uh, student, and then uh, when he retired, he decided to make a series of them, based on his watch. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting, uh, very interesting watch. And, uh, I really enjoyed meeting with them as well to understand the history behind it and, uh, uh yeah. why he did it, you know, and, uh, and for me, the, the interest in, uh, watchmaking independence after that, uh, became even stronger when that same year, 2015, end of that year, uh, I attended the Hodinki event in New York. So I flew halfway around the world to attend uh, this uh, watch event. So my wife thought I was crazy, but my friends were encouraging me to do it, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, I, um, and then when I got there, uh, most of the people that I met, they were talking about independence. And some of them I only heard about again for the first time, like Max MBNF, um, mm -hmm. FB Jorn, 
I've heard of them, of course. Oh, and then I'm uh, meeting Philip Dufour, uh, who was a speaker in that event. Um, and and uh, yeah, so so the so that was, I think, my first real opportunity to meet uh, people with similar interests. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, with, with a story like that about, you know, going to see Richard and Maria, like it's, it's, it's not, I'm not surprised that you end up with quite a, a wonderful Habring collection because you, you know, it, and it's quite a, it's a very different way for someone to get into independence where, you know, really just a one watch mainstream sort of um, collector then, or, or, or one watch Rolex wearer, and then you end up just by chance looking at watch watchmakers in in austria and then going to meet them and having such a you know a, a great experience um it's a really different way to, to get into something like that but i, I did want to ask so you've been to a number of uh, manufacturers yes uh, what's it like meeting some of the other people now obviously you've, you've met richard and maria but yes um you know the, the list that people and ateliers that you've been to is uh is pretty big so what's it like going there especially for us in australia we're so far away that we can only do these things when we travel um you know over to europe but but what's it like to meet them at their own workplace and if you can can you tell us the uh rejep rejepi um ah yeah yeah okay i can maybe i can start with that trip because uh, two years ago i went to geneva uh so i came from spain uh from a business trip and then uh extended a few days uh, and I decided to we decided to choose Geneva because I was going to pick up my watch from Carrie with the and um, at that time we were spending four nights in Geneva and uh, two weeks before the trip I emailed uh, Philip the four and I've emailed him probably at that time for 10 times already because uh, I met him in 2015 remember in uh, in the Houdinki event so so he just told me you know uh, just email me and I'll reply and I will um, just uh, put in the subject heading that uh, we met at the Houdinki event. So I, e- I email him since, uh, since that time, and, but uh, he's probably not uh, someone who likes to reply to email. So, so, but, <laughs> so, so from time to time, like every few months, I would email him, say hello, and you know, try to see if there's a chance to own his watch, right? And uh, so two weeks before going to uh, Geneva, I sent one last email. I, I thought maybe I'll ask him again. I said, I'm, I'm going to Geneva. Can I see you? And then he replies. So uh, at first uh, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to meet Kari Butilainen to get my, my watch. But uh, I ended up meeting uh, Philip the day before I met Kari. So I spent, uh, we spent one whole morning with uh, Philip before in his workshop. And uh, the, where he is located is actually quite far from Geneva. It's, uh, I think, probably a two-hour train ride. And um, so we woke up very early. You know, in the beginning, I want, even wanted to take a limousine just to make it faster, you know, but I was very excited. But so my <laughs> wife said, we, we're going to spend so much money. Why don't we just uh, <laughs> uh, take the train? So we took the train, saw the countryside, very, very nice. And uh, met Philip, and then when we got there, uh, we did not even know which house or building he was located in. His workshop was so. So I think uh, Philip, from his window, uh, he could see two 
strangers walking around aimlessly. <laughs> and uh, fi- finally, he, finally, he comes out. He comes out and waved at us. You know, also I, I said, "Oh, that's where we're going." So maybe fifty yards from where we are. You know, so so we we visited him. We spent the whole morning with Philip, and uh, he showed us uh, around his workshop. And um, Philip, you know, ha- has a lot of stories. Uh, one thing I love about him is uh, he's very very opinionated. He's also quite uh, uh, open. He likes to talk about stuff. So uh, it's uh, it's like a very informal, no holds barred conversation, the like uh, very off the record. Uh, very, I mean, it's worth the time. You know, if uh, if you have the opportunity to visit him, you have to do it because uh, he's really a nice person to to chat with. And um, yeah, so he showed us also his uh, watches, including the Datograph Perpetual from Lange. And also, uh, he has um, some pocket watches that uh, he showed us as well. And uh, so it was an overall very nice experience. Uh, and he was uh, telling us about uh, his uh, uh, how he made the simplicity. And uh, as you probably know, um, at least 120 of the 200 simplicities that he made went to Japan, Japanese collectors. Wow, and uh, Richard Habring also mentioned that when uh, I spoke to him, he said that uh, because they share the same uh, dealer in uh, in uh, Japan, Shellman, and oh, uh, yes. Philip is like uh, has a real following amongst Japanese collectors. So uh, when when he visits Japan, people go to see him, and uh, they they really respect his uh, his work, you know. So um, and so you you had done all of that without. So you weren't a customer yet or anything like that. You're just a, a, a person interested in watches to go see him. Yeah, I, I, uh, I wanted to see if he was available and yeah. uh, he agreed. So I was very wow. happy that he, he took time out. You know, we spent one morning, whole morning. But, but you know, the, because uh, Philip likes to uh, has this pipe, you know, like uh, yeah. <laughs> he smokes uh, cigars, right? So... So, and uh, his workshop is in an enclosed space, right? All the windows are closed, of course. So, so we were talking the whole morning, like probably more than three hours, maybe three hours or more. And uh, the stories were very interesting. And, but, you know, the smoke inside, you can smell it. So, so you know, after that, after that visit, I actually had, you know, I developed an allergic reaction probably from all the smoke oh, inside the workshop. So, so I, I, so I had this uh, cough for like two and a half weeks after that. But I'm, I'm not complaining because uh, it was really worth the time to, and uh, it was a great opportunity to visit him. And uh, I, and I suspect that a lot of collectors uh, maybe they wouldn't go out of their way to visit someone. But um, I'm quite fortunate that uh, I'm able to travel a little bit uh, for work. So sometimes I just combine it, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. visit. Did you end up, did you end up getting a, a watch or not yet? Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, he, at the time he said that he was no longer making them. Uh, and uh, the reason why I asked him was because I, of course you hear rumors that maybe he's making a few more for a few people. So, so, but he said that uh, if he, all he said was uh, if he's going to make some more pieces, he will 
definitely sell one to me you know so oh that's nice and just for those for those playing along at home you can go on to her optimus uh, instagram page and there is a post there with about i don't know nine or ten pictures um from the day where you were at uh, at philippe defour's uh, workshop so you can go and have a look at some of the things that uh, you're talking about yeah, that that was an interesting visit, and then the following day I uh, met uh, Kari. Uh, so Kari dropped by our hotel to pick us up. So we I spent the whole day with Kari that day, and wow. uh, went to his workshop, uh, and visited also the dial factory. Uh, at that time, he was also starting to build a case factory. I think he partnered with someone, or probably a friend. To, uh, to build a case factory. So, so Carrie's uh, workshop is in a very, very nice place uh, in Switzerland. And uh, he also lives in the same building. Uh, I think uh, that building is uh, four stories and two stories are for his, his family uh, where he lives. And then two stories are the workshop, you know. And... Uh, and um, for me, uh, what I like about, uh, what I admire about him is that uh, as good a watchmaker as he is, he's probably an even better business person. Because, um, because uh, I remember uh, during the drive to his workshop, he was saying that uh, he saw the experiences of other independent watchmakers. Uh, and he tried to learn from them, you know. Uh, what do I mean by that? Um, he saw some independents uh, take investment money from uh, outside investors. And, uh, of course, uh, if the two shareholders uh, are not aligned, then uh, the business will suffer, right? So, um, the, because the watchmakers, uh, they are focused on creating... Uh, good watches but uh, uh, when you accept money from investors sometimes there's more pressure to number one uh, increase your capacity and uh, of course if you increase capacity of uh, very fine watches uh, which has a very limited market uh, it might put pressure on you to discount your watches if you cannot sell them fast enough right and uh, my feeling is that uh, so Kari said that uh, he's uh, not focused on growing his uh, capacity, but he's more focused on other things. Like uh, uh, he makes uh, at the time two years ago, he said that he he makes around they make around thirty five to fifty five watches a year. So he wants to to keep it that way. But at the same time, he has this dial factory, and a lot of independents also buy from buy their dials from him, right? Like the Horological Brothers. Sarpaneva, and uh, recently uh, he announced uh, they announced uh, like a cooperation with uh, Swartz Etienne, right? And that's also his dials and and some other companies. So, so I think uh, he has a way of growing his business without uh, compromising his. Uh, so he he doesn't want to take. He wants to remain fully independent, uh, and um, he uh, his goal is not to increase the number of watches that he's making. But uh, to do other things, you know, uh, he at the time he was saying that uh, he also accepts a lot of uh, special commission uh, pieces. So 
So I think some of these pieces are very special that uh, we won't even ever see them on Instagram. These are for our very, very private collectors, I suspect. And um, yeah, and uh, I and some of, and you know, uh, I think uh, the, the following month I was in Hong Kong. I had lunch with Kari, so I met meet him again after a month. And uh, he he brought with him uh, a watch, a very nice uh, chronograph that I have never seen on Instagram. And uh, I asked if I could take a picture of it. He said, uh, I cannot take a picture of it. So I just looked at it. <laughs> it was for an old uh, client of his. Uh, and uh, yeah, so so he's able to uh, grow his business without uh, sacrificing uh, uh, probably uh, having to uh, uh, discount heavily. Yeah, and uh, he's able to do it organically. So. So I think he's also he's a very good watchmaker. He's also a very good business person, uh, and sometimes uh, that that's one thing that I I have observed about uh, independence. Uh, sometimes these two uh, qualities uh, they are not uh, uh, in one person because uh, uh, being a creative person like a watchmaker, sometimes you don't have the business. Uh, uh, probably the the acumen or that's not your strong suit, right? So so you need to have um, um, you need to have someone who can do that for you, you know. So 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 Kari was so I I, I really admire him. He, I think he's uh, he, he's really good, not only creatively but also in business. Definitely, yeah. and I mean to to be supplying you the the beautiful dials that he does to so many so many different independents um, and it's obviously just still growing. Um, and then in the same trip that you, you went to Philippe Dufour and then Carrie Vudelain and you also stumbled across Recep Recepi. So yes. tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So of course I've heard about Recep, right? And uh, I knew that he was based in Geneva, but, but uh, I never did not really plan on meeting him. So on our last full day in Geneva, we were walking in the old town and then I saw this sign uh, so it was around 9.30 in the morning. I saw this sign, Acrevia, and then I saw someone go in. So it was around 9.30 in the morning. So they were just starting the day that at that time. And then uh, I uh, knocked on the door. I asked, uh, is Recep around, you know? And I did not have an appointment. I said, you know, I just uh, know about your your brand, you know. And I spent an hour with Recep. Uh, so he showed me some of his watches uh, so we spoke for an hour. Um, wow. Um, and this would have been before his um, chronometra uh, The Contemporary. Contemporary, that's the one, yeah. Uh, I think he launched it already because I saw okay. uh, saw it in the workshop when I visited. So, And the, also the other watches like the AK-06 was there. And I think there was a Turbillon. I think I saw three of them. So um, there were four or five people in the workshop, and uh, but uh, I think the workshop there in Old Town Geneva is focused mainly on finishing. So, but but they do a lot of uh, the, the work they do is uh, also quite good. Uh, the finishing is very nice, and uh, yeah. yeah, and well, that sounds like a fantastic trip to Geneva. I'll tell you that much. It's a uh, it's a uh, definitely very different when you get to meet the people. And uh, 
hear a little bit about their history or what they want to do, you know. In in the did you go? Yeah, go ahead. Did you go to the Patek Museum as well? No, I didn't have time for that, unfortunately. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I was in Geneva last year, and I I don't have quite the stories that you've got, but I remember um, walking around the streets of Old Town and stumbling across Mad Gallery, and I'd forgotten to. Uh, look up where it was and I was just just lucky that I walked past it was able to go in and see some MBNFs and some of the crazy art and mechanical art that they had in that showroom did you did you go to Mad Gallery in Geneva uh, unfortunately no uh, uh, I did not go. yeah I didn't I did not do my research uh, well enough and also very near uh, Philip the Force workshop I heard uh, he told me uh, is a Vianney Halter and uh, Roman Gautier. So, so I mean, if you want to spend a month there, meeting all the watchmakers, I'm sure. It, I was going to say, you've got to leave something for the next trip and the trip after that, right? <laughs> you know, got to have yeah. more excuses to keep going back. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, I like that, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and you've, uh, you've met a few of the Japanese independent watchmakers as well so um i'm gonna i, I can't pronounce them yeah, probably, but ha- yes I, I, As- Asaoka. yeah hajime asaoka and also uh masahiro kikuno yeah i met both of them i met them both on the same trip uh back to back you know uh and uh um uh hajime has a partner a japanese partner who can speak english very well so so it was not very hard to uh, communicate. Uh, so visited him in his uh, workshop in Tokyo. Uh, so two or three of his pieces during that visit. And um, um, I think actually that uh, he's a genius. But, uh, you know, in Japan, they don't have this uh, ecosystem that Switzerland has, right? Uh, where you have a network of suppliers uh, so, and uh, I think Hajime does all the work himself. So uh, uh, it takes time to produce the watches. Um, Definitely. It takes time. Well, they make some beautiful, beautiful watches. And um, you've also spent a little bit of time on the phone with Roger Smith, uh, just to throw that in there. But what, uh, what, would, what would you have been talking about with Roger Smith? Uh, okay, um, so uh, I in 2016, I uh, ordered some pieces from uh, different independents, and that included uh, Keith and Myrick, uh, and also from early 2017 was uh, Curry, and then I also ordered something from Roger. So, so we spoke about that um, uh, twice, actually, I spoke to him twice, so very nice gentleman also. And uh, we just discussed uh, some of the options. So he was uh, giving me some uh, recommendations also. And I was uh, throwing my ideas, asking him if uh, it would look good if we do this or, um, or that. So, um, yeah, so, so I, yeah, so I spoke to him twice. Correct. And, Fantastic. Uh, um, yeah. Very nice. And, and you've also got a, um, a Josh Shapiro as well, which we've had, uh, I had the pleasure of talking to Josh a while ago on the podcast, but um, that's a, another very, very special watch and watchmaker as well. Yeah. 
I, uh, you know, I first learned about, uh, I think I would say that I first learned about Josh when his uh, Instagram account was still called Engine Turned. It used to be called Engine Turned, right? Before it became JN Shapiro Watches. And uh, he, the, what he was doing uh, kept popping up on my Instagram feed. Uh, but at that time, he was really doing the dial work, not really making the watches yet. But um, I, I was following him in a way. And then at that time, I ordered already a watch with uh, Keaton Myrick. And uh, one day, I get an email from Keaton, a long email. He said, you know, uh, there's an American Gearshay uh, maker who I just recently spoke to. I think he does a lot of, he does good work. And uh, for your watch, would you like to consider having this option in the subdial, like uh, Gearshay subdial? And then uh, I replied to Keaton. I said, "Are you by any chance referring to uh, Josh Shapiro?" And, <laughs> and and then he said, "Because uh, because I of course I was a little bit I knew about him already because I was following his uh, work and I probably communicated already with Josh uh, at that time." Uh, even though he did not have his uh, own watches yet. Um, and then, uh, so we agreed uh, that uh, uh, the subdial at 6 o'clock, six o'clock uh, will be uh, uh, Josh Shapiro uh, Gearshay. And, wow. uh, and the funny thing also about that, for, or the, when I visited Keaton two years ago in his workshop, that was where I picked up my Josh Shapiro piece, the number one. <laughs> because I, at that time, I, I, it was not possible for me to go to LA, to pass by LA. And uh, it made more sense. Uh, so, so Josh just sent over the watch, and then I got it from Keaton. So I spent the whole morning with Keaton, so we were uh, talking also, and uh, he gave me uh, the watch from Josh. And uh, yeah, so and then one year later, which was last year, November last year, I get my watch, uh, my, uh, Keaton watch, uh, when I was in LA. But uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but unfortunately, unfortunately, Josh was not able to see it because I I met uh, Josh Shapiro on the day that I got my Keaton Mayek watch. But uh, I got the watch later in the day and i went to visit josh uh in the morning so i was not able to bring him for him to see you know his uh infinity weave subdial was also on keaton's watch right so but wow. i but i met josh on the same day and uh, got my watch from keaton also in la so so, wow. so yeah. and i have to ask and and i can absolutely take this out if you want to but with the roger smith did you end up have you got a piece or is it still coming? Uh, I will probably get it next year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a day I'm sure you're looking forward to more than us, but we are looking <laughs> forward to it as well. Yeah, yeah. I will um, send you pictures if you want. <laughs> oh, please Fantastic. do. Please do. Um, cool. Well, obviously, you've had some amazing experiences with, with independence and visiting, um, you know, their, their workshops and things like that. So, I mean, there's, uh, there's probably a lot of people out there very jealous of um, some of the experiences that you've had. Uh, but if we talk a little bit about collecting philosophies, and obviously yours has changed um, quite dramatically over time from a Rolex Submariner to a Roger Smith, but 
um, for you, and uh, I mean, I know that independents are, are different anyway, but for you, what's the the main driver behind becoming such a passionate independent collector now? Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, good independents uh, that uh, I, I don't own yet. And uh, I have a number of them that I would hope to include in my collection. But, um, you know, one of the things that I also asked myself uh, is this. Uh, if I'm going to own 50 watches, for example, from of independent, you know, independent watches, uh, do I uh, buy 50 different pieces from 50 different independents? Or uh, do I like go deeper into a few brands, you know, because, uh, because, uh, and I asked this question because uh, I obviously have bought a lot of uh, watches from Maria and Richard and, uh, but it was not really planned, you know, it just happened over time because uh, I kept in touch with them and um, sometimes we would uh, bounce ideas off each other. Uh, And uh, so, so the answer for me is, uh, I would prefer to go deeper uh, instead of having uh, 50 watches from uh, 50 different uh, brands, you know, because uh, I think uh, the journey that uh, the independent uh, watch weight makers have uh, as they, you know, as they evolve also, uh, I would like to be part of that. So, uh, so for me, the ideal situation is just like what I, I have experienced with Marie and Richard. Uh, is to go deeper, uh, not necessarily just buy one each, you know, from from each person. So that that, but that also means that I probably wouldn't be able to uh, own a number of them uh, because uh, because maybe for me it would not be as meaningful if I only own one, unless of course it's so expensive that probably it's uh, well, very hard, you know. Uh, unless as well that. You know, it's it's going to be hard. Like for someone like Roger Smith, it's it's not going to be easy to get two watches. Same with Philip Dufour. Like he may not make any more now, um, and if he does, he's not going to make many, and he's, you're certainly not going to get two of them. So you know, there might be some limitations or boundaries there. But for people like Richard and Maria, um, you know, potentially Carrie Voodalainen and 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 the like. Um, you know that that's absolutely possible and it's a really interesting way to look at it and there's, there's a lot of people that that think that collecting multiple watches from the same brands um you know that 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 goes against other collecting philosophies um and i think it also depends on where you are with your collection and things like that as well but um but vinnie do you have uh do you have any questions i love podcasts like this where um you know we we ask very few small questions and our, our guest just, um, you know, is able to talk about their experiences. But have you got any questions, Vinny? Yeah, actually, when you were talking about making changes or you're, you're collaborating with the watchmakers and the artisans, how do you think about going, yeah, going about the process of making the watch unique to you but not taking away from the watchmaker's sort of design language or ethos? Because... I know I say a lot when I look at a watch, oh, I wish that changed, I wish this changed, and I think to myself, hmm, maybe it would take away from the essence of the watchmaker. So how do you go about balancing those two things? Uh, well, okay, so let's, for example, take uh, Habring, Habring 2. 
uh, I I've asked them to make a, a few pieces for for myself. Um, uh, one thing about about them from my experience is, uh, of course, they can uh, make something if you really if you if you, you really want it. But at the same time, my feeling with uh, Richard and Maria is they also don't want you to overpay for something. Uh, meaning to say, I'll, I'll give you an example. The second to the last post that I I did, uh, the the Chrono Felix, it was um, uh, an anniversary watch also, um, and it has a panda dial, right? So so it's based on the Chrono Felix, the regular series Chrono Felix, and I wanted to make something for myself and for my wife because uh, I really love that. You know the dial of the Chrono Felix is really underrated. Uh, you cannot you cannot see on the photos how nice the dial is, and um, so we were discussing it. And uh, some of the initial ideas that I had probably would contribute to uh, uh, to make the watch much more expensive. So so in the end, <laughs> what, so so in the end, and 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 my feeling is um, they don't want someone to spend. To overpay because uh, one of the things, since you're mentioning about the DNA, I think uh, one of the things about uh, Habring 2 is uh, accessibility, the affordable luxury. Um, and uh, I think they're very uh, steadfast on that. And um, so, so what we ended up doing was um, uh, on the sub dial, uh, the number 20 became, uh, I decided to make it red. So it was easy for them to make that change. Uh, because that was for the twentieth anniversary, and then uh, wow. it, and then I I even... yeah yeah you probably yeah. did not notice it right, yeah. and then uh, uh, so that uh, and then the Chrono Felix the regular series uh, the number twelve is uh, the twelve o'clock is uh, in uh, red so mine is in black, and then uh, I I wanted it to be in a case that's a regular size for my wife the thirty eight point five millimeter, and then. I knew that he, uh, they had, uh, they have a forty-one millimeter uh, uh, case. So, so since I have a uh, extra space, so to speak, uh, we were able to include the GMT function. So, and uh, so we were brainstorming about it, um, and Richard also showed some different options. So in the end, I, I went for that uh, because uh, that's what I really liked, and then the. The hour hand, the GMT hand, also in red, right, and uh, number twenty in red. So I did not want it to be uh, blingy, but I think it's very. I think for me, still very understated. It looks like, for maybe an untrained eye, it looks uh, a bit similar to the regular series, but actually it's different. If you look yeah, closely, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think you've done a really good job there. Really subtle changes. If you don't look very closely, um, you just think that's you know. I don't want to say it's a standard offering, but like it looks very, very original. Yeah, and uh, and uh, the changes uh, are very personal. Uh, very, it has meaning to the to to me to to us as the owners. Well, actually, I'm speaking to you about this his and hers watch uh, on the podcast, but my wife does not know about it yet. You know, it's a surprise, you know. So, <laughs> so, so, I, so she doesn't even know about it yet. So, no, that's and, great. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, so I felt that uh, some of these changes made, made the watch more meaningful. 
uh, it's uh, closely linked to to us uh, uh, celebrating a milestone, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so so these things uh, are possible when you work with independents. There's a flexibility, and you can throw ideas uh, around, uh, try to find the best option. Uh, and uh, for me, the the nice part also is not only uh, getting the final result, you know, having the seeing the watch, but also the process. Uh, it's like uh, it's like you're somehow co-creating something uh, because uh, you can contribute, you can uh, give some input, you know. Uh, but I agree with you, Vinny. Uh, it cannot be totally different uh, and deviate from the DNA. You have to work with the DNA and at the same time, uh, try to incorporate some of your ideas. And uh, if it's done very well, then I think it, uh, it can be a very beautiful uh, result. But for me, the, pro the process, it's like the saying that the uh, it's not the destination, but the journey. So I think the journey, uh, being part of that uh, process, uh, thinking about what to do, for me is as uh, fulfilling as finally getting the, the watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. And great, fantastic job. Fantastic job on that one. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I want, I've got to ask a question about how how do you wear your watches? So how often do you have some sort of strategy or, um, you know, I, I wear these watches for four days in a row or anything like that because it, it, it's hard sometimes when you've got multiple pieces. So how do you how do you wake up in the morning and know which watch you're going to wear? Uh, it's not easy. Yeah. Sometimes I would wear them for a few days uh, and then uh, I will change. But, uh, and since I have a lot of, uh, for example, have bring two watches, uh, I tend to wear some pieces more than the others. But uh, when I wear something, when I take something out that I have not worn for quite a longer time than the others, I ended up asking myself, you know, after putting it on, why am I not wearing this more, you know? And uh, <laughs> yeah. because for me, they're all very well-made, uh, very nice pieces. But of course, uh, I only wear my watch on one wrist, not on both wrists. So <laughs> so it's uh, it can be difficult sometimes. But but uh, I would say that 90% uh, or more would be independence now for me. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Like it, it, it's Josh, or maybe we wear the watch from Josh or Keaton, or you know. So yeah, so yeah, very cool, very cool. Um, it, look, I think you know that there's some really amazing stories and and some things that we've not heard before, um, and some really good insight into what it's like to go visit a manufacturer, um, and you know create pieces and and do little things and subtle changes that make it more personal to you so so thank you very much for for going through all that Vinny, did you have any last questions no no i just wanted to thank you so much for coming on um yeah. they yeah, say you. they say uh never meet your heroes but it seems like it's more than fine to go meet your watchmaking heroes just bring a gas mask for when <laughs> mr dufour starts smoking in his workshop um it, it seems it's so funny like to us they're absolute rock stars and celebrities and in other walks of the world, you know, they're just just regular people. So, I mean, yeah, they are. Very, they are. Yeah, Australia is very far away from the rest of the watchmaking world. But I imagine if if you know if we went over there, you could, like you said, spend months, mm. all this time just soaking it all in. 
Yeah, and you know, uh, at least uh, from my experience, a lot of the independents that I was able to interact with, like for example, uh, Philip, um, Maria, and Richard, Ethan, Myrick, Josh Shapiro, Kari uh, Butilainen, you know, they answer their own emails. So if you contact them, you know, I remember Kari was saying, I am the main point of contact for all people outside. Meaning to say, he's the one, the only one in charge of sales, of selling the watches. So that's why you see him in the shows. He attends them. Uh, and uh, when you email Kari Butilainen, he's the one replying to the email. And uh, that same for Maria and Richard. Uh, Philip also would reply, or probably not reply, but finally <laughs> reply, you know, uh, which is still... It ended up well, I think. And uh, Josh also and Keaton, they would also reply. And even Masahiro Kikuno, who I visited, he replies to his emails as well. So That's the difference, so, isn't it? That's the difference. So the, so the interaction is very, very personal. And um, yeah, I, I think it's very special. And um, it's hard to find a similar thing, you know. Uh, probably when you... I don't know if you collect other things, if you can do that. Probably you can. But for watches, probably you can only do that with independents. Even Sarpaneva. I've been uh, in contact with him uh, several times. Uh, and Stefan would always be the one to reply. Yeah. yeah it, it makes a big difference. And it makes it so much more personal and special. Um, so, yeah. It, look, it sounds like you've had some amazing experiences. And, and I'm not surprised that you've got those watches in your collection um, but we'll start to wrap up now and move to um, some people to go follow on Instagram. Um, so, well, actually, before we do, um, do you have any questions for us before we wrap up? Uh, no, not, not really, no. No, well, well, no, no that's fine. Well, I, I just wanted to say uh, uh, thank you for inviting me. And also, uh, before getting on this podcast, uh, I'm also a regular a fan of yours, of The Fifth Twist. And I've listened to a lot of the podcasts that uh, uh, you've had, like uh, the one with Skaramanga, with Kieran Shaker, a lot of them, uh, with Josh Shapiro, of course. Uh, I, I've listened to so many of them as well. So I follow Fitrist. Yeah. Thank you. Well, th thank you very much. Um, it, it's fantastic that you do that. And it's fantastic to, to, to get you to come on the show as well. And, and that's exactly what this is all about, is meeting collectors and and people that just love watches. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we're having an amazing time meeting incredible people and talking about things that we love talking about. So, you know, it, it's just amazing. Um, all right, so people to go follow on Instagram. Vinny, who have you got for us today? Okay, so I've got the account is WatchDicted. That's Watch, D-D-I-C-T-E-D. -D. I don't know this bloke, never spoken to him. But the photos, top level. Um, he has 3,900 followers at the moment. Should have 10 times that amount. The images are beautiful and a great range of watches too. So, yeah, if you're, if you're a fan of really nice, lovely, top-level photography, definitely go follow Watch Dicted. Very nice photos. Yeah, yeah cool. Very nice. Very nice. I wasn't following him, so I am now. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Cool. Um, all right, we'll go with you, Heroptimist. What do you got for us today? Uh, so the what I, the account that I'm recommending is uh, called Just a Watch Fan. 
Uh, uh, he has around uh, 200 something followers. So it's a good combination of independence. So he has uh, two harboring pieces. He has uh, Remontois from the Ronefeld, also yeah. uh, Moser, uh, and also uh, the Nautilus. Uh, wow, well, I, love, I love these accounts. They've got a couple hundred followers, hardly any, but the watches are just insane. Mind blowing. Wow, that's a great one. I think he did not post the because I know him. Uh, I think he did not post the datograph perpetual. He has that also. Ah, uh, yeah, that, no, that's, uh, his, down the that's bottom, his first down post. The yeah, yeah, that's the first one. Yeah, okay. Wow, uh, that Sorry. that Moser. He's got the concept Moser, a perpetual Moser with no branding, and the only numbers are the date, and that's got a power reserve month indicator, time and date, and there's literally just the date. Uh, beautiful <laughs> blue dial. That is insane. Wow. Oh. Are you a fan of Moser? I, I didn't ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like it. Uh, I'm hoping to have one or two in the future. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I'm, me too. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Cool. Uh, awesome. And and mine is um, time underscore light underscore mind. So time light mind. His name's Rob. Um, Fatherhood, Burgundy, Champagne, classic music, horology, photography, sports cars, New England. What's not to love here? Yeah, uh, wow. But he does some really, really cool grayscale stuff um, and black and white pictures. Um, he's obviously a, a, a big Lunga fan, but there's some Laurent Ferrier there. I was just about to mm-hmm. say. Uh, oh, yeah, my. So some beautiful pictures. And if you head down a little bit further um, – He's got quite a number of pictures, um, but yeah, you, you're not going to get bored looking down this profile and having a look at some of the fantastic shots he's got of Lunger movements um, and some quite rare pieces. Like he's got one of those um, Richard Lunger um, Saxony, I think they're called. The one with the Roman numerals, not the 1815 collection, and that's got the center seconds, um, which is very rare on a on a Langer. Is that a deadbeat um, center seconds as well? No, I don't think it is. I think this is the one that. So the the deadbeat was the really special one um, that uh, had the pusher at two uh, two o'clock that you could activate the deadbeat seconds and turn it off whenever you wanted it as well, and it literally just goes around in sixty second things but no that's that's not the deadbeat but i know the one you're talking about it's an amazing watch um but yeah just really cool really really cool pictures like you could spend a good amount of time going down um he's obviously got some very cool photography skills and uh who doesn't like wine and watches (laughs) so and there's some cars in there all the good explorers for us Vinny. oh lovely Um, meteorite day dates yeah it's just is a very very cool and interesting, um, great interesting recommendation. Profile. You know, Anthony, I forgot to yeah. tell you guys. Uh, do you have time for one more story? You of know, course, I, please. Of course, yes, yes. You know, when uh, I just remembered, uh, since uh, you asked me also about uh, some like an unforgettable experience. So this this was not uh, with an independent watchmaker, but uh, uh, with a collector. So uh, I have uh, we have a mutual friend who set up a meeting. So, uh, because he knew that I was into independence, I mentioned Philip the Poor to my friend, and uh, he introduced me to someone, to a collector. And uh, so we meet 
And guess what he brought to the meeting? Um, uh, I got no idea. Okay, I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so he brought he brought uh, so he was wearing something special, and then he also brought two special pizzas. So the first one that I saw was the Philip de Coeur uh, Sonnery. Yeah. Okay. So nice. there's only a few of them, right? And yeah. uh, he, so I so that was a, that's a very 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 special piece. And then the other one that he brought with him was a duality. Wow. Wow. My word. Yeah, so, and guess Crazy. what he was wearing? What he was wearing a, a Patek Philippe. Uh, I don't know the reference, uh, uh, but uh, it was Eric Clapton's Patek Philippe. Oh, oh my! <laughs> He's just just one watch collecting right there. Wow, that's oh, unbelievable. That's serious, serious. He, uh, he, I think he's a major collector, but uh, yeah. was, he was very kind to uh, share with with me. So I really appreciate that. And something wow, that's that um, awesome. hard to forget, you know. Oh, that's, definitely. Yeah, mind blowing. Actually, one more question before you go: um, the carry your carry watch with the that's the chocolate dial is yours, yeah? That, that's right. Yeah, and so forty four point five mil. So it's a it's a big steel case as well. So it is. what made you what made you do that? So uh, uh, I read about because uh, this happened in the I think two thousand seventeen. Uh, so Kari brought uh, one watch in that team, in that case uh, to SIHH and uh, and then SJX watches SJX wrote about it. And then I was uh, communicating with a friend who I met at the Hodinki Summit. Uh, so uh, Dusik Dubulu in Instagram, you, you probably know about him. Yeah, yeah. So and yeah. then he, he said, and then I mentioned to him, you know, I like this uh, bigger case uh, in steel because uh, maybe the 39 millimeter regular case is too small for me. And uh, he said, uh, I can introduce you to Kari. So he sends an email introduction and then he, he asked Kari first if he still has a case in that size. And uh, Kari said, yeah, I still have one more. And uh, so he did the email introduction. I uh, communicated with Kari after that and uh, I decided to, uh, to get that case uh, in that size. And uh, awesome. through the introduction of uh, Dubulu and... Uh, of course, I read about it uh, when uh, SJX uh, featured it. So, very cool, very Amazing. unique, and and it even says "piece unique" on the back of it. So yeah, it does. Got a, a <laughs> special right. piece. Yeah. Um, so for those not following Heroptimus, please go and check out his profile because it is amazing. And also have a look at the link in the bio. There is a, a, a great article uh, by SJX about eight independent, uh, eight collectors of independent watchmaking to follow on Instagram. Um, and uh, Heroptimus has come up on that list, which is fantastic. So, you know, there's um, there's some other Instagram independents that uh, we should all go follow as well. Um, so thank you so much thank you. for coming onto the show. Thank you. We really appreciate you. it. So how was it your first first podcast i assume in 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 watches how how, do, yes. how was it for you good good i really enjoyed our conversation and uh, of course talking about uh, independence uh, just brings back a lot of good memories for me and uh, yeah. i also gave me some ideas of maybe what i would want to do next you know so yeah. i really enjoyed the <laughs> conversation thank you so much huh? thank no, you I, thank you um so please you know uh, 
follow her optimist follow defining time and, and head over to Vinny's tell your time page as well if you haven't done already um Vinny's also got some fantastic um products that uh, that that most watch collectors are going to love and enjoy and i tell you what i've been reading some of the feedback on the uh, watch rolls um, that you've been getting on Facebook and uh, and well done because obviously you've you've created some really high quality stuff that the the collectors are really enjoying. So check out the Tell Your Time website um, and uh, see if there's anything that you might might tickle your fancy. Um, but also, as I said at the start, please go and review one of your watches. Um, and in particular, I challenge people listening to the podcast. Go and review one of your watches that's stuck in a drawer somewhere. Give it another life. Give it some sunshine and talk about why you bought it in the first place um, and review the piece and give, you know, just, just give it a new life because I'm sure that people listening to this, there's a lot of watches stuck in people's drawers that don't get worn very often and they're forgotten about. So let's, uh, let's, let's reinvigorate some love. Um, if you want to join our Slack group, um, email me if you like, anthony at fifthwrist.com um, or message us at fifthwrist on Instagram and we'll add you to the Slack group. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. There's some crazy cats on there that talk about all sorts of stuff um, all day long. So it's, uh, it, it is good fun. Um, but anyway, we'll leave it there. Thank you, Her Optimist. Thank you. For your time Thank you, and for your stories. They were wonderful. Thank Absolutely you, Absolutely wonderful. You're and Vinny. Enjoy the rest of your evening. I'm sure we're heading to bed very soon. Uh, <laughs> All of us uh, are, I think. Yeah, I think so. I'm halfway there. Um, cool. <laughs> All right. For everyone else, have a good night and stay on time. Thank you. is by the community for the community. We would love you to join the crew via our group chat on Slack. Email us at contact at fifthwrist.com and join the movement.